Hi, I'm Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And I'm Father Gregory Pine. And you're listening to the Catholic Classics Podcast. In today's pre-launch episode, we'll be sharing with you five tips to building a spiritual reading habit. As we kick off this second season of the Catholic Classics Podcast, we are going to be picking up Augustine's Confessions, as you well know. And the Confessions, like a lot of spiritual reading, can seem to be perhaps intimidating um, before we get into it, or even while we're in it. So before we do dive into the book or into the podcast, we thought it would be helpful to establish some sort of like foundational tips such that we and you together, we can keep rolling through the confessions and have a sort of, I don't know, profitable experience together. So Father Gregory, why is spiritual reading important? At least let's answer that question because if it's not important, then tips aren't important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why communicate to somebody how to do something better if they oughtn't to do it in the first place? So I was on retreat recently at the time of recording and uh, on said retreat, I read a couple of books by Father Eugene Boylan who was a Trappist of the last century, who you and I both like. And he describes how in our spiritual exercises or, you know, kind of in our prayer lives taken generally, we observe three main kind of ways to go about it or three main steps. Step sounds crass, regardless. So he'll talk about spiritual reading and reflecting and praying. So a lot of people kind of have it in their minds that, you know, you spend some time with the Lord, you spend some time in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, and then you just like do prayer stuff. But it can become a kind of temptation to overplan that time or to spend all of that time reading or to spend all of that time planning the rest of your day or stressing about what lies in store. So he says, well, you know, you got spiritual reading at the outset and reflecting next and then praying, which comes in turn. But he thinks about spiritual reading as kind of like grist for the contemplative mill. It gives you new vantages on God and on all things in light of God, such that when you turn to reflecting and turn to praying, you have some object of consideration or something that you are gazing on intently by God's grace. So I think that's like, yeah, it's a good place to start just considering it under those different aspects. Yeah. And I think with that, at least from my perspective, I I like to read when I enter into prayer as a way by which to like, yeah, as you described, Father Gregory, to give myself something to think about, to contemplate, to meditate upon. I often think of it in terms of like feeding the intellect, like giving our mind something to, I was going to say play with, but that I don't mean it in a sort of flippant way, but our mind something to continually think about new ways of looking at the mysteries of our Lord and these sort of things. And of course, it's not just prayer is not just an intellectual endeavor. It involves the heart too, and the, but these are connected, you know, so it's, it gives us something to think about. It also, I think in my own experience, I imagine you, Father Gregory, have had similar experiences and a lot of our listeners that prayer can become like super dry or repetitive or tiresome. And it's kind of like, well, what do I do now? I think that picking up something to read, a spiritual classic or contemporary spiritual writing or whatever it might be, it can spice up the spiritual life a little bit, give you, again, new perspectives, new things to think about, new ways to approach the mysteries of our Lord and the ways by which he's inviting us to share in his life. So I think those are sufficient reasons as to why spiritual reading is important. Any other important thoughts before we launch to our tips of how to, how to do it well or build the habits of spiritual reading? Yeah, I think uh, one last thing is when, when doing spiritual reading, oftentimes, You'll pick books because they talk beautifully about God or about the life of faith, or you'll you'll pick books because they prescribe certain methods for approaching God and the life of faith. And I think that um, that second category uh, it appeals to us because sometimes we feel like there's there's an essential feature uh, that's missing, or that if we could but crack the code, if we could but discover the life hack, then we'd be well on our way to sanctity. 
And I'd say it's, you know, it's fine to read books about prayer or books about the contemplative life uh, every so often. But I would say that in our spiritual reading, typically we want to read about God and all things in light of God, which includes the lives of the saints uh, and their lives of conversion, which the confessions captures in uh, living technicolor. So that'd just be one, yeah, one, one final thought. Cool. Okay, so let's talk about tips for building a habit of spiritual reading. One word on that: the the habit thing is important, especially in our in our prayer life that we form habits of prayer that includes habits of spiritual reading. Why are habits important? Well, as human beings, we do things um, that we're sort of conditioned to do. This isn't like a novel concept. I'm sure all of you listening can understand what a habit is very well. When we talk about it in the virtuous sense or in, and in the spiritual life, building habits or a habitus is the Latin word that's used in the, in the tradition helps us to sort of conform our lives to Christ ultimately. So uh, this is important to recognize in the spiritual life because when we start off, especially with a new practice or a new way of praying, there is a bit of just sort of like willing it of, you know, just doing it on repetition such that it becomes sort of connatural or, or um, yeah, kind of part of what we do. So at the outset, picking up spiritual reading, if that's not something you're accustomed to, well, they'll take some time to get used to having that part of being part of your spiritual life. And that's okay. And it might take some time to find the actual spiritual reading that you like or that sort of thing. So with that said, five tips. Father Gregory, launch us in. Yeah, the first one I would say is uh, plan week to week. So I think when people hear plan, they think about planning in terms of their habit of daily prayer. And they're like, okay, so if I'm going to do other faith-based things, I should do them every day. So it seems like I need to pray every day and go to Mass every day and you know, endeavor some type of penance every day and study the faith every day and spiritually read every day and serve the poor every day. And then it can get super overwhelming because you're like, there's just not enough time. And I feel overwhelmed and depressed that I am an inadequate Christian. So I'd say that there are, you know, certain things which are good for the day to day. There are certain things which are good for the week to week, certain things which are good for the year to year. So like daily, we're praying. Weekly, I think we're you know, engaging in some spiritual reading. Yearly, you might consider taking a retreat. So I, I would say it's good to think about spiritual reading in the proper, what, scope or in the proper setting. And I think that you can have a good kind of healthy relationship with spiritual reading or that you can use spiritual reading efficaciously, provided that you're doing it like maybe 15 to 30 minutes a week. If it's on the low end, fine. If it's on the upper end, fine. If you exceed that number, great. Cheers to you, my friends. Uh, but but I would say just try to have a little something to which you repair, to which you return on a weekly basis. And you might pick a midweek point and you might pick an end week point. So obviously, Sunday as a day of leisure, you're trying to do less in the way of servile work. So it's a good opportunity there to read some pages from whatever classic you have on hand. So that, that'd be a first thought. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think the planning thing is is a really great way to start, especially if it's a new part of your spiritual life. We can't, like the building of habits, as we're talking about, are, are not things that happen just by happenstance. You know, they don't just come to be. It's it's our investment in them. And as Father Gregory, as you were describing, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes every day spiritual reading. You know, there it can be a couple of days a week, as you were saying. It can be 10 minutes of reading. It can be longer, whatever, whatever works. And I also think there needs to be some sort of what, like flexibility in, in recognizing the busyness of life, a balance there, right? That we're sticking to a plan, but also like sometimes things come up. And if you had spiritual reading scheduled, you know, for Wednesday morning and like, I don't know, something breaks in the house or whatever, it's like, well, you need to tend to that too. So we don't want to use it as just a sort of metric or a checkbox, but as a way by which 
to as a way by which to grow closer to our Lord and and deeper deepen our relationship with Him. So plan, but also have like the prudence and flexibility there to sort of incorporate the habit into your into your life. Um, okay, so first of the five tips: plan week to week. Second tip, tip number two: read what you love. We can think of this in super simple terms, um, not with just with respect to to reading, but with respect to all things that we do things that we love or desire more easily and more readily. You know, chores that we don't like to do are much more difficult to do because we don't want to do them, but the things we love to do are much easier to do. So read things that you love, and that might require you to sort of expose yourself to various things in the tradition. I think it's okay to pick something up and say, eh, this one's not for me or find something that really is for you. It shouldn't become a sort of chore that we just do just to check it off again, um, but rather something that that is conducive to our faith, our growth in faith, and you know something that we, we look forward to. I don't know if that makes sense, but that would be tip number two. Yeah. And I think too, when when we approach the saints or when we approach these spiritual authors, many of whom are saints, doctors of the church, you know, learned learned folks, but all folks, please God, you know, who are intent upon growth in the life of faith, who are serious about this pursuit of sanctity, um, what, what we discover in them is not just someone to set upon a pedestal or a kind of spiritual icon of excellence, but also friends. And I think that um, in the life of friendship, you only have so many close friends or best friends. Uh, you might have 200 acquaintances with whom you're in regular contact over the course of the year, but truth be told, you might have one, two, three tops, like five best friends. And we, we would say too, the person who has many, many, many friends perhaps has no real friends uh, because if you're if your kind of mode of association is like, oh, everyone's my friend, then you begin to wonder if that person actually has real relationships. And I think, you know, something similar can be said with the spiritual tradition. We, we don't have to befriend the entire tradition of the church's, you know, spiritual life or mystical life, ascetical life, however you describe it. I think we can find friends among the ranks of those who have written on these themes. And in finding friends, you know, we, we share a common life with them. They project a vision of, of what lies in store, and then we kind of go hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder with them towards that goal. And so we're going to find spiritual affinities. We're going to find somebody who kind of jives with our spiritual temperament, and that's good. Um, so we'll still, you know, encounter this individual as, as a challenge to our mediocrity, as a kind of, you know, impetus against laziness. So we don't have to worry about becoming complacent too much, provided that we're seeking sanctity and we're doing it with those who have gone before us and done it well. Great. So step one, or tip one at least, plan week to week. Tip two, read what you love. Tip three, set aside completionism. Father Gregory, thoughts? Yeah, my, my thought here is sometimes we get more, well, how would I say this? We're, we're more dedicated to finishing a book than we are to deriving from it its spiritual fruit. Uh, so you know, it's like completionism, it's a, it's a real thing. We feel accomplished when we've worked our way through the entirety of a text, whether that be the Bible or the Catechism or a spiritual classic. But we need to permit ourselves to linger over it. Um, now, sometimes, if we linger over the same passage unto ages of ages, we actually get demotivated, and we don't want to do that. So we want to have a little bit of movement. We want to have a little bit of, you know, kind of sense of progress that accompanies us along the way. But we also don't want to, you know, kind of put ourselves on such a strict regimen that we can't linger with the things that really inspire us or speak to us in the moment. We want to have the opportunity to kind of chat them through with the Lord. Yeah, that's that's the basic idea. I don't know what you think about that. 
Yeah, I think that's right. I th- one, I remember one time I had, I think it was during Lent, and I was reading some Life of Christ, and I wanted to make sure that I accomplished uh, or got through the book during the season of Lent. So what I did is I like just took the total number of pages, divided it by the days of Lent, and said that I need to read. It was like seventeen or whatever pages a day during Lent, and I found that actually to I finished the book, like I stuck to the thing, but I finished and found it to be not terribly spiritually enriching because it, I was just trying to get it done on this timetable and on this schedule. Um, and I read the book that was several years later again during Lent and didn't do that. I don't even think I finished it during Lent, but that's not you know that wasn't the point to finish during Lent. But found it much more enriching where I could go at my own pace my own tempo dwell on the things that i wanted to move on from the things that were just like what you know not that they were bad but they were just like didn't really speak to me or hit me and and i think that sort of it, it, yeah here it's less about finishing and getting through a, a stack of books and again about an opportunity and a new <clears throat> a new way to encounter the lord so if we're approaching it that way that's that's probably a bit more helpful okay great so plan week to week read what you love set aside completionism tip number 4 share share the experience. Um, It's good to read, but it's also good to share what we're reading, what we're thinking about, what we're praying about with those close to us. It helps motivate our own progress, but it also recognizes the fact that we we journey to Christ together, um, and that our that our prayer life, our spiritual life, isn't something we do in isolation from the rest of our lives or from those who are in our lives. So it helps to chat and have good conversations about what we're reading and what we're thinking about and. Yeah, I think that's that's a great tip to help sort of motivate and 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 kind of inspire our spiritual reading. Yeah, and I think that you know you might read this book with that individual, whether it be a spouse or a brother or a friend or whomever, because then you kind of hold each other accountable, but with a certain flexibility or with a certain uh, mercy, since you know you know each other's lives and you know each other's commitments, and so you're going to be able to push and pull as a time and place and circumstance dictate. But also you have somebody that you can share it with. And in having that in mind, like I can share this with somebody, I think it actually helps you to formulate those those points that you want to distill in the text. So my own experience, you know, a lot of times, whether it's like Lexio Divina or whether it's just kind of discursive prayer, mental prayer, I will kind of formulate my thoughts as if I were preaching them or teaching them. Not because the Lord needs instruction or edification, but because it helps me to figure out what it is that I think. I, I'm just kind of you know, more often than not, I have a vague, uh, what mix of ideas in my mind that aren't clearly associated or aren't clearly delineated. But then when I try to express it or articulate it, that helps me to sort through what it is that I've read, what it is that I've thought about, what it is that I eventually want to communicate to those who I'm sent in, in the apostolic life. And I think that, you know, we're not all called to be preachers and teachers, but we are all called to formulate our thoughts with some coherence. So that way they can kind of sink into our heart of hearts with greater efficacy. So yeah, that's just something I found that works well in my own experience. Okay. And last tip here, think to the future, look to the future. How does that help? Yeah, this is actually something that our student master, Father Andrew Hofer, encouraged us to do when reading books. He said, like, what do you want to retain in five years or 10 years or 25 years? I forgot exactly what he said, the time frame. But if you approach a text with an eye to retaining something for application in your life of faith, you know, however so that comes about. I think it's good because we can get in a kind of passive mode when reading a spiritual text. We're like, these are things that are true and cool, you know, but it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't sink in existentially. 
But when we approach the text and we say, like, what about this do I want to retain? Obviously, the tradition has testified to the fact that this text is important. So I know that it can apply because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has worked a change in this holy person's life, and he can work a similar change in mine, provided that I pay attention. So, so what do I want to retain, or how can I pay attention with an eye to, you know, my future incarnation? Um, so, yeah, those. That, I mean, that's just a, a kind of basic feel for it. Yeah, I forgot on which tip, but I think it was the sharing. So just on the fourth tip, I mentioned that we don't do these things. You know, we don't live our faith in isolation. So too, like the things that we do aren't don't happen or don't exist in isolation. Um, you know, so when we read a book, it's not just that we read it for this set time during the week and then move on from it, and it should have no impact on on where we're going or what we're doing. So the idea of, okay, looking to the future, what is it that I want to take away from this? But also, how is it that the Lord is is forming me in these moments and forming me to continue to grow in virtue and to grow in holiness by what we're reading? So when we close a book or when we finish with a book, that a spiritual classic, um, it's not the end of it. It's not the end of the impact or the import on our lives and we should have an eye to that in reading. So there you have five tips for spiritual reading, for spiritual reading habits, uh, building those habits as we kick off the second season of Catholic Classics. So tip one, plan week to week. Tip two, read what you love. Tip three, set aside completionism. Tip four, share the experience. Tip five, think to the future. Now, we could always enumerate more, but I think at the outset of picking up the confessions, these are some good tips, some good habit-building tips that we can all take with us as we dive into to St. Augustine. So, join us for season two of Catholic Classics this fall. We'll be reading Confessions by St. Augustine. To follow along, get the reading plan at ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics. God bless. God bless.